Welcome to the Appalachian Timber Ghost Outdoor Adventures Podcast. We're going to talk hunting, fishing, and everything outdoors. So pull up a seat and enjoy our campfire stories. Thanks for joining us. Hey everybody, what's going on? So I'm trying a little something new today. Uh, So I apologize beforehand for the audio because uh, basically what I'm trying is I'm trying to do a recording where I can actually do the podcast on the road without having to take all my really quality stuff, you know. Um, You know, I have the mic with the boom and stuff like that and my big laptop. However, um, this is kind of funny. This is like probably the fourth time I've done this. I thought I had the same recording app that I did on my other recording device, which would put it into MP3 uh, files, which I would download to the platform. And the thing is, in, in Play Store, it had the same icon. Thought it, it, it even like all well, the everything about the app seemed the same. So yesterday I do a version of this show. I try to keep it the same. And the funny thing is there's great pieces out of each one that I've done already. And I've had to like literally throw the whole episode out, which sucks. I could have actually spliced it. You know, I could have done a lot of editing and stuff like that. But I kind of want to do just a, a one and done with this episode, you know, without having really too much editing going on. So if I want want to get it out without all the editing tools I could just do it that's whether it goes good or not so yeah so basically when I did the episodes it was in the wrong file format so I actually found the same app thank god and uh we're going with it so thanks for joining me thanks for being patient with all that babbling at the beginning here but I just wanted to give you an idea of what was going on and like the the audio quality is not going to be obviously the same if if I was at home in my man cave studio so but yeah so basically uh god this is what kills me you know I had a couple good episodes recorded and you know I hope don't you know each time I left something out but I'll try to keep it to the uh, the program I was talking about mousing nighttime mousing on my last episode so I did pull the trigger and booked a guided trip down the upper branch of the Delaware. But unfortunately, I that morning, me and a guy, Tyler, Tyler's actually uh, in one of my trout fishing videos, he was going to go with me. Um, we were going to go up there and, and go out. And the morning of, the guide calls me, and he had went out the night before doing a little exploration. And it, we had gotten a lot of rain. If you're from the Northeast, you'd understand that, like, last week, it just, the whole weekend, and during the week, it poured. So he called me up, and he was like, hey, man, he goes, I went out last night. It, you know, the rain... He goes, it, it cooled the water off, and he goes, 
I only had two boil-ups all night. And he goes, generally, I'm looking for 15 to 25. And he says, I don't want to just take your money. Which I think is commendable. Even Tyler had said that to me. I was bummed, though. Don't get me wrong. You know, it's just like you, you have... I got the day off. It's very hard for me to get the day off because I have to have coverage with my line of duty. So, um, I was definitely bummed out. But here's the deal. I was also going to lose 50% of my Airbnb money. I mean, granted, you know, it's 50 bucks, but still... With the hyperinflation going on right now and the gas prices, it's like 50 bucks. It's a, it's a tank of gas. But barely. It's not even a full tank for my vehicle. But I wasn't going to give up on the money. And I had the day off. So, you know, I was like, I'm going to make the best of it. I'm going to go up there and I can fish anyways. I could fish during the day. And if I'm feeling brave, I'll, I did tie up some uh, mouse flies myself. I'm going to try it. Well, I got to say, I'm hooked. I got out there, you know, uh, after dark. During the day, the, the, the Airbnb I stayed out, the lady had a beautiful piece of property. Uh, a lot of waterfront on the Delaware upper branch. And I was able to, to check it out during the day. And it was funny because... The guy did tell me, he goes, what, what, the time you get there, he goes, there's going to be like a float parade. <laughs> and, and being like it was a Wednesday, I was shocked on how many fishermen were out there. But then again, that's a hot destination point. I believe they call Roscoe, which is down downstream a little bit, uh, Trout Town, USA. So anyways, I, so I got out there at night and from what I had read and saw on videos, they always talk about how your your senses are going to be like heightened. And you're going to hear me refer to this a lot. It was like your senses are on steroids. And it was totally like trippy and just, it was awesome to say the least. I had practiced before I went out. Because, uh, you know, the guy on his website said, you know, you should have some kind of, you know, fly, fly fishing experience. And I was kind of, I was kind of wondering too, because as we got towards crunch time, like I did pick Tyler's brain, and you know he was like, "Ah, I've never really, you know, fly fished before," and <laughs> and me, it's like, you know, I'm not going to sit there and, and say like, "Oh, I'm great," you know, I've I've been doing it for years. I've I've dabbled in fly fishing, but I can do it. So, but I did tell him, I said, you know, we're we're both not, you know, like avid fly fishermen. I don't know if that spooked the guy or not. You know, so maybe he was just kind of like, oh, my God. But the way I look at it, you know, it is what it is. So I got out there, and I start fly fishing at night. And the one thing, when I was practicing, I would keep my eyes closed. But then when I'd let the haul go, and as if I was on the river, you know, getting the fly to the water where you want it. I would open my eyes and you would see, you know, I'd either have full extension or I didn't on the line. 
But guess what? His pitch black new moon, there's no seeing where your line's at. <laughs> but here's where the heightened senses come in. You can hear the fly hit the water, you know. So I, I stripped out 30, 40 feet of line. And I could hear the sound like that far away. Even the fly, like you can hear it definitely as it's coming by you. Like you can hear the fly in the air. And you can almost hear it to when it gets away from you as well. But you can also all of a sudden like feel the tension on the rod. To where it gives you that feeling where, all right, I need, I'm at the end of the, the line. I got to come back. You know, the, the rod's starting to load up. And the other thing, which I've never, ever noticed when you're fly fishing during the day, is the line going between my left hand as, as it's going out. I could literally feel the line feeding through my hand. It was surreal. It was awesome. I'm hooked. I didn't catch any fish. But let me tell you, I can't wait to get in a drift boat and cover a lot of ground doing it. Because, uh, you know, I didn't get to really cover a lot of ground. And that, that was the part that kind of bummed me out. Um, you know, you got to think of your safety. I don't know that the river. I did, you know, like I said, behind her house, it wasn't that deep. But there was a nice bit of current that came down out of a slow flowing pool. And, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, I'm ready to go again, man. It's like, but the thing also with the heightened senses, I could definitely hear fish. I could hear them, you know, like rising up and like splashing around. So that was really cool. And there was one point, and this is where I get back to the safety. You know, they say, like, you shouldn't do it alone. You know, it can be dangerous. But during the day, I was watching a drift boat in this one spot. You know, a guide had a guy out fly fishing. And when he pulled away, another drift boat came down and pulled into that spot. So I was like, there's something with that spot. Because once that one guide left, another guide pulled right into it. So, I tried to cheat down to this spot. You know, I was like, oh, man, I'm right there. And I, where I was first started out, I, I knew I was safe. I was good. But going back to you can't see, you don't want to put lights on. Like, they highly, you know, they're like, no, nah, you don't do that. Because that'll spook the fish. And uh, so I'm feeling around with my foot. And all of a sudden, I got to a point where I could feel it just drop off. And I was like, you know what? I said, where that guy was going with that boat, I said it was probably deep. And the guy, I stopped into uh, a place called Trout Fitter. It was right, literally, I mean, I could almost throw a stone to it from my Airbnb. And the guy was really cool, um, very helpful. He brought me down to the bridge, and he kind of pointed some stuff out. And he's like, that's really deep right there. And he pointed out some good areas. And later on, it was funny. My guide, um, because he felt bad, he had called me. He goes, did you book a room? And he was, I was like, yeah, man. He goes, ah, shit, you know. He goes, I'm sorry. He goes, we can still go, man. But he goes, I'd really feel weird about, you know, taking the money, not being hot. 
and you know the way I look at it, I, I commend that, but at the same time, let's face it, we all know it's not it's not called catching, it's fishing, so you you could just chalk it up to that's that's how it goes, man. I've been out I've been fishing a long time, man. There's tons of times I've gone out, go out the next day and, and hammer them. But so he showed me some spots, but like I said, safety first. I wasn't going towards that pool where I saw the drift boats because being by myself it just would have been really stupid. Um, and then, like I said, I had a pinhole in my boot that I had found that out in the fall salmon fishing, which was only a, a pinhole, so your sock would be like wet. But it must have gotten worse because um, I could feel it like up. It took a while, but still, it was up around my ankle, the water in the boot, in my wader, and uh, my foot, after after an hour, close to two hours, was numb, almost like excruciatingly painful, numb, and I just had to call it quits, so, but the experience, I can't even, I, I can't even tell you how awesome it was, and even the waders, going back to waders and trout fitter, so... I was a little early for my check-in, so I stopped into this guy, a trout fitter, and uh, he had one pair of Sims waders out, and I was curious, you know, I was like, I wanted to, I see like a lot now is the, uh, I don't even know the material, I'm kind of an idiot, but I don't look into it, and, but it's got the neoprene stocking foot. And then it goes up into this, I don't even know what it is. I had the same on my old waders. But it was, it was the rubber boots built into that material. Um, so I said to the guy, I go, uh, how much for those waders right there? And he says, yeah, 350 And I was like, okay. You know, I, I didn't have that kind of money to spend at that time. You know, if it came in, and I know better, because even like these, these shops and these famous little areas they're they're going to get a little extra than if you were to go online and do your homework but i would definitely give this guy the business because he was so helpful and i might even give him the business but then i said well what about the wading boots right here <laughs> and he says 350 i was like oh my god 700 i was like oof and he and the, he laughs he goes man he goes you can spend more money than that if you can believe it i was like no kidding i was like jeez and I, I asked him, I said, here's the deal, man. I said, you know, I'm willing to spend more than I did on, on my other waders, which were not cheap um, compared to, like, Hodgman's and stuff I used to buy. Because I told him, I said, you know, I used to have those rubber waders. And he started laughing. He goes, oh, my God, you'd sweat those. I said, yeah. And then I bought, because I, I used to see guys at Salmon River with, you know, the uh, neoprene waders with the boots separate boots so I bought those but what happened was I used them for deer hunting to cross a stream at a buddy of mine so I didn't spook the deer going across his bridge I would go way down and circle through the woods to my tree stand but I had to cross a creek but at one point I had to cross I think over a barbed wire fence and I hooked them and it kind of ripped them up towards the groin and I was like well they're done because anywhere I've fished you know usually up to about my waist so they're they're toast. But I said to the guy, I go, well, here's the deal, man. I said, I know there's, you know, the old saying where get what you pay for. 
I said, if I spend the 700 bucks, I said, are these, and I take good care of them, I said, are they going to last me like 10, you know, 15 years? And he laughed and he goes, well, he goes, here's the deal, man. He goes, there's a reason why they give you that ultra seal stuff in there. So I'd laugh. I was like, oh, no kidding. And he explained it. He goes, and, and I've always heard this like about furniture. You know, you can find furniture for cheap and, and you look at it, it's like, well, that's nice. But the problem is, you know, the cushions wear out after a couple years where you could buy a good pair or a, I mean, a good pair, you know, a good sofa and it'll last you a lot longer. And he said, here's the deal. He goes, the time will probably be around the same. He goes, they'll probably last you three years. But the difference being, he goes, let's say you're an avid fisherman. You're out there hundred plus times. You're just like really hitting it hard. He goes, three years they wear because you've been fishing a lot. He goes, the cheap ones, he goes, you might only go out a couple times a year, but on that third year, maybe after six times of using them, they spring a leak. So I was like, oh, I get it now. You know, so, so I'm going to try to buy, not to be totally cheap. Like I've seen where you can get them like a hundred bucks, but you know, I want to spend a few hundred bucks to three to three to four hundred and hopefully I'll get something decent but he was really helpful and I was just like I said I was blown away by the the price of waiters even I was on uh, uh, I was on YouTube looking at something and they were saying like $20 landing net you know for, for trout or 150 and I was like what wait 150 for a landing net so that's absurd. And when I did get to the shop, he had landing nets, and I sh- I saw them. They were 130 bucks. I was like, who would even pay that? And if you if you have, God bless. People like me, I'm a budget fisherman. You know, if if I don't buy cheap, I probably won't be able to hunt and fish. So that's the deal. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, but. I, you know, another thing I, I did, I, the last podcast, I talked about, um, I always talk about the game ward and stuff at the end. And he, one, one thing I read up on was a guy from my gun club. And I talked about last week, the guy caught it out of the slot. And the way they wrote it up was, uh, like he was kind of bragging about the fish. So I asked John, I said, hey man. So I saw you in the ECO highlights for DEC. He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. So I said, was, was the guy really bragging? He goes, eh, nah, he, you know, he just probably was more uninformed or just didn't know what he was doing. And even that, you can tell John was skeptical because, I mean, they have to be. I get it. Um, when you're law enforcement, it's like, you, you know, how do you, how do you know? But he said the guy, you know, the thing was dead in the live well, and he just felt the guy just didn't have a clue of the slot limit, and and I knew the answer to this, but I, I wanted to pick it because I said, "What did you do with the fish?" You know, and he's like, "Oh, I threw it into the river." You know, feed all the other stuff that's in there. And I go, "Man, that kind of sucks." You know, like you, you know, in this guy's case, I don't know, but you know, we've all like gilled, uh, you know a fish or had it swallow it where it's 
you know, the fish is probably going to die. It's bleeding when you get it to the, to the boat. I said, it kind of sucks, John. And he goes, well, he goes, here's the deal. He goes, it's not like we have a crystal ball to know if this guy was legit, like, oh, it accidentally died. And that's the story he gave John. That, you know, he was like, oh, yeah, you know, it died anyway. So I figured, you know, we'd keep it. And that's not the deal. <laughs> that's not how it works. So, and he's right, you know, like you don't have a crystal ball. You can't really tell, you know, because otherwise then everybody would be doing, oh, yeah, I killed, you know, the thing you know, got gilded or whatever. So I totally get that. But, you know, the one kind of cool thing, as much as I was bummed out with this trip, I saved money, <laughs> you know. It would have been 400 bucks for me and Tyler to... uh go out and have the guided trip I did get to go mousing yeah I didn't cover a lot of river I didn't catch a fish but I got the experience which was awesome but now like I'm going to throw it maybe towards another different trip you know I, I know they do carp fishing up on Lake Champlain um, where like you can go and the guy says he'll put you on the carp it's like 400 bucks. I think you take up to like three guys or something. Maybe even four, but I want to say it's like three because I'm sure it gets kind of, with, especially with bows. And, but it's cool because you don't have to have a, a setup, man. This guy gives you the bow setup, and he said, I guarantee you fish or you come back for free. But he goes, I'm going to put you on fish. So basically it's, if you miss, that's on you. You know, that he's not going to be responsible. Well, I didn't. I didn't shoot one, so you got to take me out again. So that's not part of the deal. Or I thought about going to uh, Lake Ontario to catch salmon while they're feeding. Because I told my buddy, we went up there last year up to Salmon River. And if anybody's done salmon fishing during, like, when they're going to spawn, like, they're half dead. They're, like, like the old saying is mud sharks. You know, they're half dead, they're black, they're not silver anymore. You, sometimes maybe you luck out at the beginning of a run and you catch a, a decent... So I did years ago a nice silver one, but it was luck and we used to go at the very beginning. It was hit or miss at that. You go up early and sometimes it was just, there was nothing or you, you hit it good. But I said to my buddy Gary, I was like, I don't know, man, I think I'm done. I'd like to put my... You know, go on a guided trip or something on a boat. This way, even if you don't catch, you know, maybe a salmon, like, you know, you, you, your chances of catching a, a laker or or a brown brown trout is really good. And I just think it would be worth it, you know. Even if it probably rains, I'm sure you have some kind of shelter. You know, I don't mind stepping out to reel in a fish. I mean, we got poured on the first day fishing last last year we went up for three days and it poured non-stop i remember looking at the radar and the radar was a line that went all the way from the gulf and it shot right up and it was that point of the jet stream where it just it held that for three days and it was just it sucked and and like i said you're dealing with 50 dudes around a pool 25 on each side trying to catch five fish that they can spot in the pool, you know. So I said, this just, 
it's cool being in the river with fish that big, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm done. I'm over it. But, but it's cool to get out there, you know? I mean, if that's all you can do for the year and that's your time out, I will do it again if that's all I can do. Don't get me wrong. Because let's face it, one thing COVID told me is like, and, and getting older, you know, now I think about it more like, God, if, we, if you don't do stuff you, you've been wanting to do your whole life, you know, you might not. You know, like, you, nothing's guaranteed. And I became friends with this guy, Mark Unsick. I believe that's how his last name is uh, pronounced. But he's wrote a couple books about fishing, and uh, he makes fly poles here in New York. He, <laughs> on f Facebook, like, recently, he's been doing a lot of fishing, a lot of fly fishing. And some of the stuff that he comes up with is like, it's almost like Confucius-like. <laughs> and I love it because I, I totally agree. I feel the same way within this last year. My mindset is like, I'm doing stuff. Because like I said, they can tell you you're going to die and next thing you've done nothing. And the one thing the guy Mark said, he said, I was not born to just work and die. If you want that fishing pole, go buy the fishing pole. If you want to go on that trip, whether it be hunting or fishing, go on that trip. Because nothing's guaranteed. And if you wait too long, you might not even be physically able to do some of the stuff. Like, I, I'm laughing with Tyler. Like, you know, I'm 49 years old. Uh, the, the guided trip was like 9 to 1 in the morning. Two hours from home. Tyler's like, I'll meet you up there. I'll drive home. I said, oh, I remember the days. He's like 25 years old. I said, man, I can't do it anymore. My old ass, I'm falling asleep 8 o'clock on the couch. So, but, you know, get out there and do stuff. This is my motivational part of things. And I get it. Money's tight, you know, but you try to within, even if you got to do something where, Maybe your odds go down, like, you know, a self-guided hunt out west, but just to do it. You know, I was fortunate enough when I was, like, Tyler's age to do a lot of traveling. And uh, so at least I've got to see, like, Yellowstone and Badlands and a lot of stuff out west. I fly fished out west, you know. Um, so you got to do what you got to do. And, you know, maybe you can't afford the guided hunt for ten grand, but... You know, if you can do it for a few thousand, it's still a lot of money, but just do it. My wife has been really supportive. She was actually the one, because money was tight just for that trip to go out for the day. And she was like, you know what? She goes, you work hard. She goes, you deserve it. And uh, I love my wife for that, you know. She gets it. You know, she Before I met my wife, I never had a brand new car. And when I got like a, you know, not a promotion, so to speak, with, you know, civil service, we get steps and raises and stuff like that. And I hit a certain point and she was like, let's get you a nice brand new car. You know, put you in something reliable. And she goes, you work hard, you deserve it. So thanks to my wife, you know, like she's, she's bettered my life on so many levels, you know, and very supportive. So I thank her for that. But, you know, try to do what you got to do, no matter what. And that's that's been my thing, and not to a selfish degree, but this is the year of me. 
you know um i'm gonna try to do a lot of stuff i definitely want to do a lot of ice fishing last year i got back in ice fishing for the first time since i was a kid you know unprepared because i didn't when i was a kid you know you go out with a couple tip-ups and you call it a day and it, you know but now like you know the older you get you see the real way to be doing stuff and so I went out and I had a jet sled, did some videos on upgrading that, if you could go to my YouTube channel. But this year I want to get out there and catch a lot of fish on the ice. Just being out in the outdoors, you know. Nothing's guaranteed. But yeah, so that being said, get out and do it, people. Hunting, you know, that's another thing. I, the last couple of years, I was working so much. And about two years ago, I said the same thing with my hunting. I was like, I'm going to get out there more. Last year was a horrible year for me, but the most unsuccessful year I've had deer hunting. But it is what it is. You know, as long as you're out there. I mean, that's, that's half of it. It's like meditative to me. Especially, you know, the farm I hunt where I grew up. I go there and I think about it. my buddy who passed away, you know, the family owns that farm. I'll go and while I'm sitting in my tree stand, like just kind of go off into Never Never Land and think about the good times we had as kids. And I reminisce a lot when I'm there. And it's very like, it's soothing and calming for me. So I think that's awesome. You know, meditative, because let's, let's face it, you know, some people, hey, God bless you if you have that job where you're like, oh, I, I love what I do, you know. It's like, jobs are stressful, man. Especially for me, like I said, with the time off, it's like I can't just take off when I want. My other job I had before I came to the state, you know, was even though it was civil service, my boss, he would never deny it, but now it's a whole different ball game for me. So now when I can, you know, I'm, I'm going out. Oh! And that's another thing I wanted to touch on. The kayak fishing. I got out there on my kayak finally. Love it. That's another thing. Definitely a big learning curve though. It's funny too. I get out in the water. And uh, those of you who have kayaks. You know they have these handles on each side to carry it. And it's you know, got like a paracord. So I'm dangling... I didn't even get a cast in yet. I dangle the stupid thing. It hits the paracord up front of the kayak. Totally lodged the barb into it. My buddy's laughing. So I'm not even two minutes on the, on the water where we want to cast to get start trolling. And I got to cut my line and troll around with my one of my favorite lures on the front of the kayak. Cause I'm, this is where I'm thinking. I'm like, well, I can't get up to the front of it. You know, I'm probably going to tip it over. Until I get better on the kayak and I try some stuff when the weather gets warmer. Um, I wasn't going up to try to get it. And even it was buried so deep it would paint pain in the ass. But here's something too, like the learning curve. I don't even know if I want... I see everybody's got these crates on the back. How the hell are you getting that thing? I can barely turn around to, to get to it. So I'm almost on the on the fence with even put one of those stupid things on. I know guys put like rod holders on it, but here's the deal: like, it's got two rod holders. Now I don't know. Like I said, I'm new to all this. 
I would assume you absolutely could troll with them in those two rod holders in the back. But they give you like a Scotty mount for the front. And that's perfect because then you can see what your rod's doing while you're paddling. But I, I was talking to Tyler and he's, he's you know, seems like a pretty avid paddler. He's got a canoe and stuff like that. He said like, you know, you set your drag tighter, or I mean looser. So you'll hear the, it peeling off and then you know you have a fish. But then to me, even even in that, it's like I still got to turn around. And to me, it was just a pain in the ass. So I'm going to buy another Scotty mount for the left side. And I'll have two rods in front of me while I troll. Uh, so that's, that's what I'm going to do. I remember years ago, I went out with my buddy on his boat. And uh, he, had, he would set his drag really, really loose. And I remember I get a decent fish on, but as I'm reeling, this thing's taking taking line. So I'm reeling, but I'm still getting that. So I'm not really reeling. I'm going like crazy, and hoping the fish is going to stop so I can get some, you know, line on them. But it peeled off a lot, and it wasn't even a big fish. And I remember, you know, I know some guys like to play with it and hear the sounds of it. But it's like I'm not about that, man. I set my drag pretty tight, you know. I'm looking on average, I want to land a four pound trout. And they'll take, when they get good runs, they'll take my line. But most of the time I'm bringing them in. Because I'm not fooling. I, I've done that before where you're fooling with the drag, you know, trying to tighten it. And all of a sudden, pink, you know, there goes your line snapped and done. So I don't play around anymore. And that's what's cool. When I, when I hear my, my drag peeling i know i got a good fish <laughs> you know so that being said I, i'm not playing that game i i totally hear what tyler's saying i had a buddy that used to do that but you know maybe some guys would be like well that kind of takes the fun out you're just kind of horse and fish in but i target big fish i was look goof with people i'm looking for a 12 pounder man and I know when I do get into one of those, it's, you know, it's going to take some line. So, there you have it. But, well, you know, I think I'm going to leave it at that. I'm almost to work. And uh, thanks, guys, for those of you who have been sticking with me, man. I appreciate it. You know, I see the analytics. It's cool to see people from all around the United States listening. So I'm not, I'm not a Stephen Rennell or a Mediator podcast. So when I get people that are interested in it, I th think it's cool. Like I said, reach out to me on Instagram, Facebook. I'm open to chatting with people. You know, you want to come on the show, man. Just you want to shoot the shit, so to speak. I'm all for it. Tyler actually said, you know, I, on the last podcast, I said. I was really reaching high for high-profile people. I did get back from people's, you know, media people, and uh, some people you have to pay. <laughs> it's like, you know, here's the deal, man. I'm not paying. <laughs> I want to, you know, that's where you're just out of my league. And I'm not famous enough where people are going to be like, I got to go on this guy's show. Oh, by the way, Ron Rawbaugh. Roarbaugh. Um, 
sent me a book signed. Thank you, Ron. If you do happen to listen, this is much appreciated. That was, you know, to me, Ron was a, a big time guest. Hunter padding out. You know, everybody that's came on, I, I appreciate it. Alicia. Alicia. Um, so, you know, it's, it's very much appreciated. But that being said, thanks for joining me, guys. Stay tuned for the next podcast. Tyler, hopefully we have him on here. I tell you, this young man, I wish I was younger. I wish I was his age. You know, I was telling him one day at work, you know, I was like, man, I was, I was hungry. When I was 25, I was hunting before work if I had an hour. I can't do it anymore, you know. I'm just, it's amazing how you get kind of tired. Um, but maybe we'll talk about he's, uh, he has some acreage, 26 acres, and he's been doing food plots. And the pictures he sends me is awesome. The stuff the kid's doing is just really awesome. So... We'll talk to you guys later. Peace out.